1: using pre-planned lines on dating apps to start conversation does not work generally for women because we have a sixth sense. We have like a sniff test. We can tell that those lines are maybe lines that you got from a YouTube pickup artist dude, or you even maybe came up with it on your own, but now you've used it for every single girl over and over and over. It's like that saying, Give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day or teach a man how to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Give a man a pre-written line and he'll date for a day. Teach him how to banter and he'll date for a lifetime or maybe not a lifetime because you'll find the one right away and then you'll stop dating and you'll just be married, but you know what I mean. I am Kristen from Kristenandchill.com and I am the banter queen. I teach guys how to charm more than just the socks off of women. And if you're struggling in conversation, if you're getting ghosted, if you're never hearing back, if you're never Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have our favorite Domini Drew back on to talk about all those insecurities that we hold inside and self-defeating behavior. And we have her back because this is such a nonstop issue for people. So many people's dating issues stem from what's going on internally rather than externally. So it's so important to tackle these things. So we talk about self-defeating behaviors throughout all stages of dating from the beginning to just spotting a person at a bar to going through a breakup. So there's a lot of good information in between. So do the right thing and keep listening. Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast, your favorite Podcast. If you didn't know, this is like subliminal messaging. I'm just going to your favorite podcast, your favorite podcast. Overt subliminal messaging. <laughs> totally over. I take away the meaning of subliminal when I do subliminal <laughs> messaging. So that's Domini Drew, who you hear laughing at my incredible jokes. I'm Kristen Carney, your host. Marnie is not with us today, but that's okay. We'll kill it. And we're going to talk about limiting beliefs again, but we're actually going to talk about limiting beliefs all throughout each stage of dating. But before we do, I just want to say that Domini is doing something pretty adventurous right now, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because it may inspire someone listening to do something adventurous and risky and out of their comfort zone or something they've never thought about doing before. So Domini has been living in one place, but decided to get into her beautiful car and drive the country to figure out where she wants to live next. Right? That's what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that takes, I mean, aside from the whole like being a woman, traveling alone, like rapey stuff, that just (laughs) takes balls in general as a human being. Have you grown so far? So it's been 10 days. What are you feeling like? Are you feeling like this is something that's opening you up to a new point of view? Stuff like that.
2: Yes, this has been a phenomenal, phenomenal journey so far. And first, let me just say thank you so much for having me back. I love coming on this podcast. Um, I've been here a few times before, and it always inspires me, and I just I love hanging out with you ladies. This is actually something that, while in this form it's new for me, this kind of adventuring is not particularly new for me. Actually, after college, I went around and just sort of lived in various places around the world for probably about eight years total. I was never any place. A couple places I went and stayed for about a year, but most of them were just, just a few months or just a few weeks. And I was just traveling all over the place. I was just flying all over. And I learn about myself so much when I'm doing this. I've been in Asheville, North Carolina for the last six years. Listeners of my podcast, you've probably heard me talk about it. And that's been great. And then, you know, about a year ago, it was just like the clock just sort of flipped for me. And I started kind of clawing the walls, like it was time for me to go. But it was actually pretty hard for me to go. I actually just wrote an Instagram post about this. Like as I left, it was quite sticky. Like, I kind of didn't really want to leave, even though nothing about me wanted to stay. There was still that just like momentum, that like inertia of like, oh, I could just like stay and cuddle for another day, you know, (laughs) instead of trying to, you know, going off on this venture, even though I knew this is what I I wanted to do. It's a point of view, people who know they need to do something, but don't do it has always been a type of position that like, I've never really understood. Like I've never really gotten that before. And as I left Asheville 10 days ago, I was like, oh shit. Okay. I understand how a person can sort of stay comfortable instead of do what's right for them. But it was nowhere near enough for me to actually stay just a little sticky.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely waver between being the person that goes and does and then stays and gets sticky. And so I think guys listening to the show probably if I had to peg them, I would peg them as 50-50. Like half of the guys are adventurous and they're looking for all these ways to grow. And then half the guys are probably just dipping their toe into the water of self-discovery or self-help. And so what I've realized in my life, some personal events recently, is that there's no time to waste. And that sounds so cliche and so hacky. So call me a hack. I'm fine with it. But it's a new realization where it just sunk in for me. So guys listening to this show, if you are procrastinating going up to a woman or approaching women or procrastinating getting to the gym or procrastinating anything, time is a ticking and it's ticking fast. And not to add anxiety, but it's just going to be behind you before you know it. Seven years will pass and maybe those were your best physical years where now you have to work even harder because you let all those good years go. So it's really inspiring that you're doing that. And what could be considered maybe a limiting belief would be like, oh, I could never do that. I could never go out and be adventurous. I could never change or let go of comfort and safety and rip the covers off.
2: Yeah. A lot of people, they come with that issue, aren't they? Because you work with men and dating the same way I do. And like, guys, I'll often have people talk about the things that they want to do, but they feel they can't do, right, which is exactly what you're talking about, or you know, there's no women in my area, and on the one hand that's an excuse. there are billions of women in the world, and your area is not keeping you single and at the same time, if you are in a small town or you are in a place where you're not feeling inspired, then like go especially if you're a going type and you're in one place and you're, it's not working, then go find other because then you're going to find other women that are also going, and they're more your speed and then You know, I was just in the Grand Canyon for three days. and I met all these people that are just there doing the same kind of thing that I'm doing and some were and some weren't. But like, go find your tribe. Go find the women that are doing the kinds of things that you're doing because then you're already on the same page.
1: Yeah, yeah. So many people do blame it on where they are, which you kind of can't blame them because sometimes there aren't places with tribes. If you're from a super small town and there's two people maybe there that have the same interests as you. we're going to get to the limiting beliefs and that is a limiting belief in a sense. But what do you do in that situation when you are in a small place and there aren't that many options? How do you go about getting those options? Yeah. So
2: I would say that while that can happen, it's like 98% of the time it's limiting beliefs. Even if you're in town of 2000, that's still a thousand women. There's probably someone that has your interest. You haven't met them yet. And, and what I find is they're like, oh, there's nobody in my town. I go, okay, cool. Where are you going to meet people? It's like, oh, well, nowhere. Or like, what are you doing to go out and find these women? Oh, well, nothing because, you know, I'm super busy or I'm... So it's nine times out of 10, it's a limiting belief. That being said, if you're genuinely in a go nowhere town and it's been years and you do go out and you're really active in your community and you meet people and it's still not working, then you need to move. Yeah. Or you need to go somewhere else, vacation somewhere. I mean, change what isn't working. You know, same with online dating. It's like, they're like, I've been on it for years and it's not working. Why isn't it working?
1: Who cares? It's not. Go find another way. Right. Well, I have a friend whose brother is just starting to date. He just got divorced and he's on the dating apps and he's in a smallish area and he won't do his mileage outside of like 30 miles. So it's like, okay, well, what your value is then is not actually really dating. Your value is being comfortable and staying in your own world. So you have to accept that if you're not willing to go 50 miles or something to maybe meet the right person, drive back and forth a few times, see if it's a huge love connection. Yes, maybe one of you will have to move eventually. But what you're saying is I'm really not that interested in dating. I'm interested in having the life that I have now with a sidekick. And so if I don't find the sidekick, so what? So then you can't really get down on yourself for not finding someone because it's like you're choosing the value, like what your value is. And in that case, it would be to be safe and to be home and to be where you're comfortable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah.
1: So let's get to the more types of limiting beliefs in the different stages of dating. So I guess stage one is what we were kind of just talking about just now, which is looking, just going on apps. Would you say there's any other parts to the first stage of dating that we should touch upon? For- I
2: mean, what you just said as far as, oh, and I have a client who's doing this right now. He's in New York City or he's right outside New York City, New Jersey. And he's like, oh, I found this great woman, but she's like 30 miles away or something like that. And I'm just sitting there being like, so you're wanting a woman, you got what you said you wanted, and you're choosing not to go up on it, or you're choosing that's too much effort. So, actually, what you want is you want the perfect woman dropped into your lap and you want her to be your neighbor. And so now you're placing these demands. And these are how these limiting beliefs work. It's really quite subtle, actually. And you put it in a very flat, very like factual way, which is brilliant. What's behind what you just said, the reason why that's the case is you're placing demands not only on here's what I want, but here's how I want it.
1: Now you're restricting the universe. In fairness, in the lap isn't bad. In all fairness, having a girl in the lap is pretty great. I get it. It's great. Like Like, literally in the lap. But the question is what you just said, like literally actually like sitting on top (laughs) of you. That is
2: a (laughs) plus. But you can drive 15 miles, have her in your lap, and then go home. (laughs) That would be my recommendation lap-wise. Yeah, you want
1: your lap to breathe. You need a little lap lap breath. Have some space or
2: move 50 miles. It's like, just as you said, what are your priorities? How badly do you want it? Are you willing to step into your power and go after what you want? Or is it easier to be like, oh, it's just not working. It's just not. And if so, then you're siding with the place that isn't working. You're feeding that wolf. You're feeding that place where it's oh, just forget it. The sort of defeatist place instead of being like, man, this is going to be hard, but you know what? This might be worth it. I'm going to chase it down. And if you're right, wonderful. And if you're wrong, great. Now, you know, yeah, that's exactly what limiting belief works.
1: Right. And in the defeatist mindset, it's almost like it wouldn't be called the domini effect, but that just would be a fun plan words, but it's like a domino effect. A domini effect would be a good thing. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, you should use that. But so when you go into this defeated mindset, it is a domino effect where that it affects all areas of your life. So if you're like, I'm not going to get the girl that I want here, then I'm going to be in a bad mood, then I'm going to have negative energy. Then that's going to start affecting different areas of my life. Then I'm going to have a bad perspective on my job. And then it like will affect everything. Everything. And then before you know it, your tennis game sucks. That's exactly right. <laughs> right, right. And you're
2: not, you're not, you know, you're not confident enough to go after that promotion at work. So you make less money, which then gives you lower confidence, which then as you go approach more women, then you're, you're a mess again. And so it is, it absolutely turns into a cycle and that's why, and is interesting and, and quite distinct from Marnie and how I work. And Marnie actually became a client of mine after she had me as a guest on her podcast the first time. She works very much with the logistics of dating. Here's how to flirt. Here's where to go to meet women. These things. We're both dating coaches, but interestingly, we have totally different approaches. So mine is about mastering the inner game. It's about, I thought you were going to say cycle.
1: masturbating.
2: It is also about masturbating. Gonna... <laughs> uh-huh. <Sometimes. Yep. laughs>
1: but I do think that's also Marnie's. So you guys aren't as different as you think.
2: That's guys. probably true. We probably both have <laughs> masturbation overlap. <laughs> masturbation overlap. Get it? Yeah. We're doing well here. We're just folding these things in over. Mm-hmm.
1: It's just pun city you've moved to. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. So the same problems get solved, but mine's about this inner game. It's like breaking that spiral that you're talking about. You've tried everything and nothing works or you keep attracting the same negative relationship over and over again, and you don't know why. Or you have low self-confidence or approach anxiety or low self-esteem, right? Fear of rejection is a huge thing that I work with. And so what I do, instead of saying, okay, you have fear of rejection, try this, this, and this to break that fear. I take a client very deeply into themselves, find the belief that's causing the fear of rejection, teach them how to eliminate that. And it's eliminated permanently because it's about awareness as opposed to like learning knowledge. And then it's solved from the inside out. Both approaches work, but they sort of come at it from very different angles, which is really quite fascinating. It's for two different types of people.
1: Used in tandem, it seems like it'd be a powerhouse. Yes. So this is a personal thing. So I tweeted this the other day. I haven't been tweeting a lot lately, but this one I did tweet. And I don't tweet about dating that often, but this one was about dating. So what I've noticed, and I don't think this is a limiting belief, but it's turned into maybe a self-fulfilling prophecy, totally unintentionally, but every guy that I seem to hit it off with either has a girlfriend or is married. And I do not know this going into it. I'm unaware of the relationship. It's not like I'm like, ooh, he's got a girl, I want him. And I I think, you know, well, okay, maybe there's an aura or there's an energy coming from that guy because he is unavailable that makes me interested. I think maybe that could be a thing. And so I don't know if this would count as a defeatist mindset, but I have now just kind of thrown my hands in the air with two middle fingers attached to the hands and gone, you know what, fuck it, forget it. Every guy that I'm going to actually feel there's a possibility is going to be married, is going to be taken, so what's even the point? And now, like, if I go on a dating app, which I'm not doing regularly at the moment, but when I do and when I'm going to in the future, I almost look at guys on there as like, well, it's not going to work because all these guys apparently are single, you know, unless they're cheaters and on there. But I almost look at it like, well, what's even the point? Because I only connect with guys that are right for me that are taken. So this could apply to a guy. You know, a 100%. man could come across a woman and every single time she's she's taken. Yep. What do you do? How do I change this? How do I start attracting the single guys? And a lot of this is not like intentional. It's stuff where like... We intersect in some sort of world, whether it's podcasting or comedy or writing or this stuff or whatever it is I'm doing, our lives naturally intersect. And there's like this genuine chemistry, genuine fun, genuine attraction. And then it's like, I find out or he says or some, I look at his Instagram and he's taken. So how do I get away from this? Because it's really upsetting.
2: Yeah, it's a really really painful pattern. So, yeah, it is exactly as you say. It is actually a limiting belief. Belief kind of gives you the impression that it's like a thought. It's not a thought because as you said, it's not conscious. And yet there right. is there's a lot of forces that are operating within and around us that we're not aware of. You can learn to become aware of them. That's a lot of what I've done over the last 20 years is that's why a lot of my coaching is very intuitive is because I'm tuning into those sort of layers quite a bit. So there's something in you that is creating this pattern. Now, from your perspective, there are two different ways you could look at this.
1: I hate that part of me. Whoever this bitch is inside me, she needs like a good knockout punch.
2: (laughs) It's actually, it's a piece that's hurting. It's a place of wounding, actually. And I say this without needing to know any more from you, just because I've done this for 20 years, and this is always how these things work. So if we were to peel back the layers, we would find a place in you that is, of course, attracting exactly what it wants. Just like you were talking about the guys earlier being like, well, you could go do this, but you're not. So deeply subconscious, first of all. So there's no fault here, right? That's really important. And there's a piece of you that is doing the best it can, that's trying to keep you safe, that is operating such that if you were to attract what you think you want, it actually becomes, believe it or not, it's a life-threatening issue. That's why it's so powerful. There's a part of you that was formed very, very young that was faced or believed it was faced with a life or death situation even if it's just, you know, the parents go off for vacation or something and the kid's like, oh my God, I'm abandoned. I'm going to die. Right. And so from that kid's perspective, that assumption about life forms. So then as you grow up, right. And, and even if this is a new pattern for you, it, it will have just been latent for that period of time. So there are two ways that you can look at it. And it's very important to choose intentionally as to which way you look at it. You could look at it as man men in the comedy community are just not available or they're all just flirting with people that, that they can't have.
1: Which by the way, they should be the most single human beings on the, on the planet because they're <laughs> terrible. Because they're the worst. They <laughs> tend to say
2: that. I, t- I do tend to hear them say that quite a bit. Like we are the worst.
1: <laughs> they are. That's at least comics are self-aware. They know they're the worst.
2: They do. They do a lot of self, uh, self-examination, I think.
1: But yet they're all taken. Yeah. It's insane.
2: So the ones that you're choosing are taken. It's actually not all of them, even if you've met 50. That's only 50 out of the entire global community of, of comedy men. So the other way to look at it, and this is very, very important, you could look at it as men seem to be doing this, which automatically makes you a victim. Because you can't fix men. You can't fix men in the comedy community. You can't fix, oh, men are emotionally, da da da
1: As soon as you make it a problem with men, you're out of control. But I don't think it's an issue with men. No. I just think it's, for me, what it feels like is an issue with luck. Like I have shitty luck. That's my limiting belief. Yeah, that's the limiting belief because then you can't fix your luck. How do you fix your luck? Right. And I don't
2: know. Exactly. There is no answer there because you can't, because you're a victim of it. It's like, well, if luck's just going to happen, then you have no control over your life, which I think a lot of people genuinely believe. But I have taken, every single person's come to me with that belief has been shown that that's not actually the case. The other way to look at it is, hmm, I seem to be attracting men who are unavailable, but with whom I have great chemistry. I wonder what that's about.
1: It's about being born under the wrong star, shaking my fist. <laughs> the one where I <laughs> I just hit it off with the right guy who's single and we magically run away into uh-huh. the sunset. Exactly. And yeah, and laugh at each other's jokes. So
2: it's super tempting to put all of this stuff on men or women or life or luck or fate. It's really tempting because then it's not your damn fault. But it's also unfixable.
1: Right. So you disempower yourself. You
2: totally, totally disempower yourself. And immediately too. I mean, like right away. But if you see it as, huh, I wonder why I seem to be attracting this. Well, that's a problem you can fix. So in one shift of perception, you have gone from total victimhood to total empowerment in one go. So that's really important. You take responsibility for what's going on in your life to any extent, even though it's deeply subconscious and it looks like it has nothing to do with you. I mean, you're clearly not doing anything wrong. You're awesome. You're hilarious. You're stunning. These guys are great. They have wonderful chemistry. There's no fault here. There's something subconscious. That's the thing right there. Subconscious self-sabotage is my area of expertise and it causes every single problem in your life that's why i don't need to teach about dating because you don't have dating problems this is a belief problem and so is everything else including my town is too small or i'm too fat or i'm too thin or i'm not tall enough or the government's doing this or the COVID is doing that it's like it doesn't have to do with any of that It has to do with what's going on in you inside and that's manifesting in whatever you're getting
1: right does that make sense it does make sense. So, we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about it even more in depth if it doesn't make sense to someone listening. So, stay tuned. We'll be right back. We live in some strange times right now. Shocker. I know. I know no one's thought of that yet. Surprise. Yes, we do live in some really strange times. And with strange times can come strange experiences which can lead to strange feelings. And the word strange here is kind of a politically correct term for shitty or scary. And if you're feeling shitty or scared and you need someone to talk to, BetterHelp, our sponsor, is such a great resource. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is, though, professional counseling done securely online. You send a message to your counselor any time and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses to help you navigate these strange quote unquote, times. And I want you to live a happier life starting today. So as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com askwomen. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com help, slash askwomen. Baseball season is in full swing. No pun intended. I didn't write them the copy they did, I swear. And you can track all the action at Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, of course, the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. So easy, even someone like me can do it. And I know nothing about betting. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. 50%, 50%, that's pretty generous. So you should do it now. Bet online. your online sportsbook experts.
0: If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag, but as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it.
1: And we are back. So, okay, you were just saying, does that make sense? And yes, it does make sense. But keep going with that idea because I want to ask a couple questions within that idea of, I guess, empowering yourself. Absolutely.
2: Self-responsibility is the most important thing that you can possibly shift in your life, is finding your peace. You know, you always argue with your mother and she instigates it and she starts it and it's all her and it looks like it's all her. And maybe 99% of it is. Find your 1% where are you enabling? Where are you encouraging? Where is, is your defensiveness maybe increasing her defensiveness? And as you can own your piece, if you fix that 1%, the whole relationship with your mother will change. It's kind of magical. I don't really know any word. I, I've seen this work millions of times. I've never seen it not work. So it's measurable and repeatable, but I couldn't exactly tell you how it works per se. But the extent to which you are unwilling to take responsibility for your own life experience is the exact extent to which you are unable to fix it.
1: Right, right. Okay, so it's all this mindset-y stuff, but to apply this to the real world. So if I'm out and I'm at a comedy show and there's a bunch of people around and I start chatting to one guy, how do I know that he's single? Is there some more like real world actual practical things where it's like you ask or you initially bring it up right away so you don't even have time to start communicating with someone who isn't single? What do you do in actual living waking life in the moments?
2: Right. So there's two elements to it. The first is to address it within. And that's a little counterintuitive because it looks like, oh, I'll just go to a bar and do something different. You're not doing anything wrong in the first place. You're not looking for men with rings on their finger. this is happening on a deeper level than you have access to at this point. So believe it or not, and I know this sounds totally counterintuitive, but if you go inward, and I have a process that I can share or I have a video that I can share with you that, that will help you to do this and address the find the piece of you that is wanting to attract these men and address it in yourself, then the problem will melt on its own. So the next time you go to a bar, the guy will just happen to be single. So the first step is to address it within. In the moment, if you're still working on addressing it within or if you start doing that and you're also still going out to clubs or bars, I remember going out to clubs and bars. It was great.
1: Yeah. For the (laughs) record, I'm not a club gal. I don't want to... I'm not the short mini dress when it's 20 degrees outside gal. I don't mind frequenting bars. I never understood that.
0: I
2: don't know. It seemed like a good idea at the time, but now it's just like, oh god, that's. It's like you're
1: waiting in line. You're waiting in line outside in a mini dress and standing there miserable. But it's like, <laughs> but those are all the people you're going to be inside with. So start having fun now, gals. Yeah. Like this really. is it. Yeah. This drugs. is because make friends. It's always funny. Yeah, it's always funny. Just the line is always long. People are standing there miserable. But that's like this is it. These are the yes. people. <laughs>
2: These are the people you came out to. Like, see. This is the <laughs> right. So Just like. Start chatting now. They're not going to be any different inside with the lights.
1: <laughs> right. But I mean, maybe obviously the drinks, I think, uh, also could help with the beer goggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the beer goggle issues. So when it comes to attracting someone who is single, what comes to my mind, my first thought is that person, and this would go for men or for women, may have a sense of insecurity about them that's unattractive. So as a single person, you may be unknowingly pushing people away because there's a Mm -hmm. sense about you. There's like the energy coming out of you Oh yeah, that says, I'm single and I kind of like want to find someone and I'm a little desperate. Mm -hmm. So how do you shift the mindset from being like, I'm single and semi-desperate to, I'm single and I'm so not desperate. So I send out vibes like I'm married and that makes women want me. Yes.
2: That issue has the exact same core and solution as the issue that you're experiencing with attracting. like Consciously, you're doing everything right, and yet this shit keeps happening, right? Same thing. They're like, well, I'm single. I do want someone, so that's genuine. How is it that I'm pushing people away without really meaning to or without really wanting to? Exact same thing. So there's a breathing exercise that I do that I would be happy to link to and send you the the link for the show notes if you'd like. I have a video of it on YouTube. And what it does is it connects you with your body, first of all. Okay, because reality is only happening here in your body. You and I could go on theorizing about why you're attracting the men that you're attracting and we could come up with all sorts of theories and all sorts of hypotheses and never get anywhere because we're operating from our minds. And if we're operating from our minds, first of all, most of the shit that goes on in your head actually doesn't exist, yeah. right? It's either do know that. hypothetical, it's in the future, or it's in the past. And none of those things literally doesn't like New age BS, literally none of those things exist. So we're up in this world, first of all, which is not real. We're not actually here in life. And you know, you were talking in the very beginning about wasting time. Talk about wasting time. All the time that you spend up in your head, you're not living. You're literally not experiencing life.
1: Yeah, based on how much I'm in my head, I'm two years old. Like that's how much life I've lived. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And so this breathing exercise brings you down into, the, it wastes a lot of years. And so does banging your head against a wall, trying things that don't work, right? I'll have a, somebody come on a call with me to see if they want to work with me. I'm going to offer a free call and they'll say, oh, here's the issue and then they'll decide, no, I don't want to work with you or I don't want to invest or whatever. Okay, fine. And they'll call me back years later with the exact same issue. Mm-hmm. And so now I'll be like, like, just so you know, like if you want to call me back in 10 years, this isn't going to go away because it's not conscious. You don't have access to it. You can't solve a problem you can't define. So while it's still in the subconscious, you really are kind of a victim of it. You have no access to it. So this breathing exercise connects you to your body so that you can, first of all, go straight to the core of the issue as opposed to making a guess as what the problem might be and trying a solution for that or trying to fix something that's not really quite it. So you go down and it'll walk you through this. It's like bringing your awareness to your breath, and then noticing how far down your body your breath is coming on its own. And then if it's balanced left to right, if it's balanced front to back. And then you look at what it is that's stopping your breath. Okay, and I think I may have even done this with you before on
1: the show in a Stinky previous episode. cologne mostly stops my mm-hmm. breath. So I mm-hmm. definitely would have to do this away from douchey <laughs> guys <laughs> and do it at home first, So, so there'll,
2: there'll be something in your system wherein something is blocking, something's making you uncomfortable to breathe any further. And as you look at that thing and analyze it a little bit and kind of feel into it, check it out, what you're doing there, which is really quite fascinating, stinky cologne or not, is you're connecting your conscious mind with your subconscious mind. So you're giving yourself access. And I know this is a little bit intricate, but stick with me, listeners, because this is like the answer to like every problem you have. So as you connect to that subconscious. You're literally going straight to the core of whatever problem you have. So, like the issue that you're talking about, about attracting these guys, and you have no idea. And I know I have a lot of clients who have the exact same problem. How do I know who to approach before I spend any time on her? Right? It's a legitimate question, especially if you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and you've been single for a long time and you're a little bit over it, maybe. I can't answer that for you from my conscious mind. There's no answer obviously you're a smart person. If there were a simple solution, you would have figured it out by now, right? Instead, the answer lies in your subconscious. As you said, you're putting out something without meaning to that's drawing something to you you don't want. So as you go down, this connects you straight directly to the part of you that's causing the problem. You're saying by the breath work, by doing yes. the breath
1: work. Okay. Yes,
2: by examining what it is that's blocking your breath and sort of letting yourself be like, oh, I wonder what it would say if it could speak, or I wonder what color it is. Or as you're asking these questions, it's a kind of free association. It's kind of a Jungian free association. And it links your conscious mind with your subconscious. So you literally have direct access to your correct answer.
1: Is this a form of meditation where you're kind of letting your mind go blank and then the answer comes to you or something. I'm not exactly sure. What.
2: Yeah. In a way, in a way it is in the sense of meditation is really just people sort of think of meditation as controlling your mind. Meditation is actually making it so that your mind does not control you. Right. It's freeing yourself from it. Right. It's, it's meditation in the sense that you're intentionally focusing inward. Yes. And then the answer comes directly from there. And you do, you must get out of your conscious mind. Otherwise, if you and I were just having conversation over drinks, you're not going to access that place. You're going to answer, I'm going to be like, oh, what do you think is attracting you to these men? And you're going to go to your mental Rolodex of answers you already know. Clearly, none of those are it because you already know those answers. So you have to access new information. And that just opens the gateways to whatever it is that you want to access. It's incredibly powerful.
1: Yeah. So. Is that the video you can link to? Is that what you were saying? That's okay. So I I would love to put that in the show notes. I'd be happy to do that. Now, when it comes to another phase of dating, so that's single and looking to mingle kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, let's pretend you've been on two dates with a certain person and you're like, it went really well, but I'm not totally sure. And I don't know if she's going to say yes to a third date. What are limiting beliefs there and how do we curb those and change those?
2: Yeah. So the solution will be pretty much the same because any limiting belief can be addressed the same way. As far as what might come up, self-worth issues can come up at that point. Yes. Oh man, she's too good for me. She's out of my league. Where does that come from? Who
1: decides where the leagues are? I did. I wrote it down. It's in a, it's like a little Bible. It's like, Thank
2: God. <laughs> someone must have the answer because I have I that feeling like she's out of my league. <laughs> and I'm like, wh- where does your league end? How do you know? Is that because she's aesthetically beautiful? She could be a terrible person. Is she still out of your league? You know what I mean? Like if you're a really good
1: guy. So many guys will say yes, but the reality is no. If yes. you're an amazing guy, If you're a 10 in personality and she's a 10 in looks, you're in the same league, believe it or not. And I know guys listening will be like bullshit, but I'm telling you. And so I was working with a guy the other night and he seems to be doing everything right in terms of banter and he's getting girls on dates, but then he's losing them. And he's losing them maybe like by like the second date. So he, every time gets to about the second date, he doesn't really get a third one. And now it's become this cycle. It happens. Constantly. And so now it seems like he's almost doing it to himself. But what we were talking about was how he makes women feel. I don't think he listens. I think he's a runaway train who kind of is just like, oh, yep, I like this girl. Now we're going to do this. Now she's that. She's this to me. And I'm going to, he basically ends up 10 miles away and she's still at the starting point. So they're not on the same train as I call it. But we were talking about how what I'm getting from him is it's all about how you make a woman feel. And I don't think he's really making her feel connected because he's on a train that's going a million miles an hour and she isn't on that train. So she's not feeling seen or listened to or understood. And so in that case, I think his limiting beliefs are tied in also with These actions, like he believes, like oh, I'm not going to get a third date now because this is how it goes every time. It's like I get like one or two good dates and then they're just gone. So, can it be a mix of the two? It can be your actions and your limiting beliefs.
2: Well, your actions are a result of your beliefs, whether you intend them or not, whether that's conscious or not. You are continuously choosing these taken men, even though you have no intention of choosing and taken men, right? So that that is the subconscious belief coming out. This guy in particular. You got to be careful as well with this because we don't know what she's thinking. We don't want to project onto her and two things. We don't know what she's thinking, so we can't we can't speak from her perspective. We have to take that off the table otherwise we'll guess and then we're making shit up instead of just working with the data that's there. And the second piece is that what he's doing with her is a reflection of what's going on with him. So, he keeps getting the same information back. I like you enough for 2 days, I don't like you enough for 3. That's the place where he is. But it's within him so he can't make her feel any way at all however it sounds to me like he's disconnecting from himself which is a defense something gets scary and we disconnect from ourselves i used to do that shit all the time i used to be just a total mess of insecurities and low self-confidence and through the work that i actually now teach i have just made this incredible 180 degree shift and now i'm in love with myself and really confident and all that
1: What does disconnecting from yourself look like when someone disconnects from themselves?
2: So if you're disconnected from yourself, you become scattered. You stop feeling your body. You're not present. You disconnect from the other. You can't feel the other when you're not connected to yourself. Loneliness can often ensue. For him, it sounds like he gets going very, very quickly, which is a great way to escape being deep and present in the moment. Other things that will happen when you disconnect from yourself is you will lose connection from the moment, but it will show up in your tone, in your body language, in your eye movements, in all sorts of subconscious things you don't realize. And the other person feels it and will often pull away. Although, I shouldn't say that across the way because often somebody might over-engage when they feel you disengage. That depends on their attachment style and, and how they work. But either way, it's a defense. There's something he's trying to avoid by not being fully present with himself. And that's the thing you need to find with him because that will be the answer. And that will totally have to do with him and his childhood. And as soon as he shifts that, the pattern will change.
1: Right, right, right. Now, moving to like a different stage of dating, and I know you're probably going to say it's very similar. It's this introspective thing to do. But then once you're in a relationship and you start to feel like maybe it's getting boring or you're not exciting enough or it's like feeling stagnant, Mm -hmm. then how do you... And again, I know you're probably going to say do the same thing, but just to address this other stage of dating. Absolutely. What do you do then when it's like, oh no, things were going really good and now it feels like we hit a plateau?
2: Yeah. I'm so glad we're addressing that because that's also something that's an incredibly important stage and another form of self-sabotage, right? Right. I date people, everything goes great, and then suddenly I'm, I'm sort of bored. So yes, you could do the exact same process again. Be like, why boredom? You're with someone, you have what you thought you wanted. What is it that's causing that? Breathing exercise, go in, find the answer to that. But also I would say, what is keeping you from making it interesting, right? Again, always owning your piece, that's essential, instead of like, oh, she, she's become boring. Well, cool, but a relationship takes two people. And every messed up or distorted dynamic and wonderful aligned dynamic both take two people or more. So where are you? you know, if the relationship's boring, you're letting it be boring. What's keeping you from a spontaneous road trip up a mountain or getting a new puppy or moving to a new exciting place or changing jobs or where are you choosing to sort of stay stuck or stagnant rather than to open up to kind of a new phase of life?
1: Right. So it seems almost like you would have to be willing. So my question, I guess, where I'm going to go with this is, if something's getting boring and it's feeling lackluster or plateaued, is it that it's just not the right match? Or is it that you should put in the work and do extra things to bring it to a more fun place? When do you know the difference? Like versus like, this just really isn't a match versus I'm not putting the work in. Because I'm a lazy pos. That's a really good question. We just made, so yeah. now it's
2: like the next level, level more advanced, right? So how do you tell the difference? So one thing will light you up. The answer is you need to find your defense. Okay. Once you find, and this is actually, and, and she speaks very openly about this, so I, I feel comfortable speaking. But this is actually what Marnie and I worked with her partnership because she was feeling very uncomfortable and like, negative and really didn't like it at all. And she was like, I'm not sure if I should stay in or out. And I've got other clients, female and male who say the same thing. I don't know if I should be in or out. So what we did was we addressed the distorted piece. We addressed the wounded piece. We cleared the self-sabotage. And once the self-sabotage is cleared, the answer becomes clear, right? What you don't want to do is jump ship without addressing your shit because then you're going to get in the exact same relationship again and be presented with the same opportunity to clear your shit. So you're just going to do the same thing again.
1: Yeah. You Want to like figuratively take some ductalax, get the shit out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> let see it go, if it let works.
2: And every let, right. just 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 let the liquid come all the way out, <laughs> and then then you have a clear sense, and then you're like, oh, okay, I can see how this woman was triggering my inner child that was fearing abandonment, and that's my issue. Now that I'm seeing her as an adult, I'm seeing, mm, you know what? I I just don't feel a connection anymore. I think I'd like to move on. Great. Then the answer is move on. But to guess without addressing the real underlying cause will just lead you to repeat the pattern again, which can just be very painful.
1: Yeah. Okay, so to wrap up, if someone's lucky enough to get into a relationship, but then unlucky enough to get broken up with. And then, so now we're in this kind of end stage of dating and you're now defeated and you feel broken and you feel heartbroken and it's almost like you're going through a grief or a loss. What do you do to restart dating so that you can go out there and date correctly once you feel like you're ready?
2: First, I'm going to take luck out of the first two parts of that. Just oh, yeah. it, puts you, it puts you back into that victim place. Right, 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 right. So you're in and then you're out. Look, if you are where you've said, where you've just drawn out, where you're in a place, it's not almost of grief or loss. It's literally a place of grief or loss. If you're still in that place, don't date yet. Yeah. Because there's still a mourning and you must mourn when something is sad. Even if you left, I mean, I've left almost every relationship I've been in. I initiated it, but they were still horribly painful. It was still a massive grieving period because it was a huge loss from my life. So you must give yourself time to authentically move through those feelings. Give yourself what you need. Maybe you need a road trip across the country or maybe you need to go camping in your favorite place for two weeks or maybe you need to, you know, whatever it is that your system is calling for, you need to self-care in that place.
1: So will those self-care things affect your self-esteem? Because if if you get ravaged in your breakup internally in terms of your self-esteem, Are those things going to bring it back up to a place where you don't feel so unworthy again?
2: It's going to take the most authentic and thus the best path to your healing. So if that resulted in low self-confidence, if you got ravaged and you need to reset, take the time to reset. And then you can suss out when the emotions have gone through and and I really want to say this here, I cannot overestimate the importance of feeling your feelings. We tend to think through our feelings. Oh, I'm really sad. Well, no, you're not. You're thinking sad thoughts. That's not the same thing. You must feel. Feeling is engaging with life. That's what caused you to feel like life has been lived because you're actually experiencing it as opposed to thinking your way around it, which feels less uncomfortable because you're not, feeling those painful emotions, but it causes a whole slew of other issues. So if we come back to your issue, you've got this pattern with these men, you could dismiss it as like, ugh, you know, this this just keeps happening, or you could collapse, as you said, and like have that kind of defeatist, well then forget it, I'm out of here. But really, and I hope you don't mind me saying, but really what those are, those are very excellent tactics to avoid the painful emotion, which is the reality, which is ouch, this really hurts. I don't know why this keeps happening. I feel like I'm doing everything right. And like, ouch.
1: Yeah, it makes you feel resentful at the universe.
2: A hundred percent, but then feel that. Instead of thinking the thoughts or drinking it away, everybody's got their different tactics. If you can just feel it, then the feelings will move through your system and literally be gone. If you work your way around them by thinking or something else, then they get stuck. And that's when it becomes a pattern. Now you're really resentful because now you're not even letting yourself feel angry. You're packing it down. That leads to resentment. Then depression comes because you're literally depressing your feelings. And all of this shit starts to spiral out of control because you're not really stepping in your power into this like, this is really painful like, that's the reality. I don't understand it. I'm confused. I feel like I'm doing everything right. It's still not working. And that's a really painful thing.
1: Yeah. While you're feeling those feelings, don't look at their Instagram pages of <laughs> their happy gonna make pictures it together. That's going to feel even more feelings. <laughs> yes. And then you'll have to get a new phone because you'll throw yours at the wall and it'll smash. And then you'll be out of $1,000 because you had to get a new iPhone. Ah, uh, so frustrating. Yeah. But everything that you said <sighs> makes so much sense. And... Problem is, is that you have to put the effort in. So for me, sometimes I don't like to put effort in. I just want to like push it aside. But I've recently started to kind of own some things that are scary or some things that I don't like. I'm going through a really personal, hard period. And so I'm letting myself get in touch with all of these things. And hopefully, with that, this little issue of meeting men that have. Girlfriends that I'm better than, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. Naturally. I just assumed. It's funny when you have like no self-esteem, but then tons of self-esteem at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the worst, but I'm the best because I'm way better than those chicks. So actually, funny thing.
2: I actually used to do the same thing. I had shit for self-confidence, but also this sense of superiority. Right. Right. And for me, what that was, was actually just two ways of avoiding actually being present and engaging with how I really was, which is in some ways I'm phenomenal and in other ways I could use some work. Mostly I'm phenomenal, but like that was my balance (laughs) in the middle and superiority is a way of staying separate, right? It's a way of separating you from the reality. And so is, oh, I'm the worst because neither of those are true. Those are both out of reality, right? So again, there's the avoidance in this sort of subtle level.
1: Yeah. And being separated is operating out of a place of fear. And then it's comfortable to stay there. So we have to get out of those comfortable feelings. But speaking of comfortable, I'm in sweatpants that I've been wearing for probably three months now every sure. day. Yeah. Right. Are they a little crispy? A little crispy in maybe certain areas. Uh, <laughs> no, that's kind of gross. But anyway, this has been a very productive show. I love, apparently, or occasionally doing shows without Marnie so that I can show mm-hmm. off my own hosting skills because mm-hmm. usually impressive. I hang back. Usually mm-hmm. I hang back, let Marnie do her thing. So I got to be the Michael Jordan today and she got to be the white guy on the bench. <laughs> so Dominie Drew, thank you so much for being here. I know your website is dominiedrew.com. Our listeners are really familiar with you now. You did a, such a great job hosting our show for us.
2: Oh yeah, I had so much fun
1: with that. That was great. That was awesome. So if Anyone needs internal work, which basically is the entire population of the Mm -hmm. world, go to DominiqueDrew.com. And Marnie has suggested to me probably four or five times now, she's like, you really should work with Dominie." And I'm like, okay, (laughs) I know I get it, but I'm lazy. And like, I just, so I will eventually, I'm going to definitely get to it because she really has told me now many, many times.
2: Yeah. She sent me like five of her friends, like her family, like her entire family and like everybody she knows. She's like, you need to go see Dominique. I'm like, you are the best yeah. business card for me ever. she has got testimonial on my she website. She is. Great. Fabulous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's a business card of 2021 since no yeah. one really has this anymore. So yeah. So go to com If you guys need help with, once you get your soul straight and or your internal self straight, come to com and get, some banter skills and get your profile looking in tip-top shape so that you can put all those skills that domini gave you into action
2: yep i'll send my people to you for that
1: sweet and we come out with new episodes every thursday at most likely 8 p.m eastern time 5 p.m pacific until then subscribe so that you don't have to download and give the show five stars, spread the word and uh, help your friends who need some dating. Don't hog the show just for yourself. So thanks, Domini, for being here. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Everyone else, we will see you guys next week.